Welcome on in, everybody, to this edition of Let's Go Racing with David Stark, show number 75. I'm Dominic Otterdorn, taking the reins for Tyler Jones this weekend, who is out. Brett, you'll be back this weekend. As always, Let's Go Racing with David Starr is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and we want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get their tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. David Starr in the house is always fresh off an 11th place finish in the Crayon 200 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway a few days ago. Dave, your best finish of the year with SS Greenlight Racing, and you guys put together a full race and had a great result. Break it down for us. Man, it was pretty awesome, but, you know, it, didn't, it definitely didn't start off that way, man. My, uh, most times when you go to Loudon, New Hampshire, it's, it's they call it the Magic Mile, and they call it Magic Mile for a reason because it's very challenging. And, uh, man, our Ford Mustang would not turn in the center of the corner, so... Uh, we qualified, I think, 30th, 31st, uh, uh, didn't have a very good qualifying run, but qualified, and uh, when the race started, I passed four or five of them, and, uh, man, we just got super tight, and uh, Jason Miller, my crew chief, every time we made a, every time the caution would fly, man, we were making adjustments, and nothing really was working, and uh, I don't know, we got about 50 laps to go, we, uh, we lost a lap, then we got our lap back, and we were just okay, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on in front of me. But, uh, but man, our uh, Ford Mustang was just wooden rotating the center of the corner. And, and there at New Hampshire, it's so flat, you got to get your, your race car to turn good in the center. And uh, they had a red at the, towards the end of the race. And Jason, I was talking to my crew chief, and we finally talked about, he said, dude, you're going to probably hate me, but I'm going to do something because we can't be any worse than what you're dealing with, you know? And I said, well, hey, we got to try something because we're struggling. And man, he uh, he made some good adjustments, and it and it kind of woke our car up, and that thing started rolling the center of the corner really good. I cut underneath people, started passing people. Next thing you know, man, I passed five or six of them the last twenty laps, and uh, we ended up finishing thirteenth. And then I found out a couple hours later, a couple of the couple of our competitors that finished in front of us got disqualified, so it moved us up to eleventh. You know, and uh, I told my crew chief, I'd rather us pass people and be have that good of a car than move up a couple spots because somebody got disqualified you know but hey it was a fun race like it always is and uh, you're doing everything you can to try to get your car to turn in the center and it was very challenging and uh, man the bottom and the center of the racetrack was really the only really two grooves uh there at Loudon. they usually put down that pj1 stuff and you can run the third lane but my car when I'd go up into the third lane to try to pass somebody, man, the front end just go numb. It wouldn't turn. But uh, it was a fun race. You had a little bit of all of it in, in during the race. But, man, it was challenging. And Jason Miller, my crew chief, they never gave up. You know, we adjusted on it so much. And finally, towards the end of the race, got something that we could actually work with and had a decent finish with the, some other people's misfortunes. And then us hitting on something at the end, we ended up, we ended up coming out loud with a halfway decent finish. Well, speaking of passing cars on the racetrack, I believe you passed your teammate, Joe Graff, with about two laps to go in the race. I know there's always that race in the race battling your teammates. What was that like to pass him with a couple laps left? 
well, man, there was there was three cars that were three cars ahead of me, and and you know, and and they had to they had the the track pretty blocked up, and I was trying to get one at a time, but people were side by side, and uh, man, they kind of they kind of straightened out. You know, I think Joe Graff passed Moffitt and uh, the O2 car, and once everybody got lined out, I was able to pass the three cars in front of me, you know, but man, I'm like, dude, y'all got to stop getting side by side because I couldn't do anything with them, you know, and mm-hmm. finally with the, with about three or four laps to go, I was able to get by three of them. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, Strimney would tell you just there at Loudon, man, it's a long day when your car won't roll the center, you know, you get in the corner good and you just got so much will into, you know, your car's so tight, got so much will into it, and then you don't have no forward bite off the corners, no drive off the corners because you're so tight in the center. But once we got the car to cut in the center to rotate, man, it was like a rocket ship, you know, and, uh, and uh, man, we just, I had such a good car. I was able to pass those three guys, I think, on the last two laps, you know what I mean? It was that good. So, uh, so anyway, it was just good. It was good to finally get close to getting in the top 10 and uh, looking forward to, to getting to Pocono, Pennsylvania this weekend, racing there. And that'll be this weekend. And as you know, this week I'm hosting the show in my place. We have a longtime friend of the show and a longtime NASCAR media, a little bit of everything he's done. Joe Larquente joins us as well. He owns doorstopnation.com. They've been on some NASCAR Cup cars over the years. He's also the host of the Afternoon Drive Show on WDXD out of Tallahassee, Florida on the radio. Joe, thanks for joining us as well this week. I mean, what did you think of the racing this weekend and the fact that we now have 14 Cup winners in 21 races? Yeah, we might actually have more than 16 this year. We might actually do it because you got the Indy Road course tomorrow, but Hey, thanks again for having me on. I'm in, filling in for that Jones boy. So, uh, but no, uh, <laughs> I'm so happy to be here and uh, talk to David and both Davids today. And no, it was a great race uh, at Loudon. And, uh, you know, uh, it's reminded me of the old Loudon. And David could kind of talk about how there was no PJ1 on the track. And it was kind of the old Loudon from like the late 90s, early 2000s. You know what I'm saying? So it was great to see that. And uh, it's great. I'm looking forward to Pokemon. It's one of my favorite races. I love Pennsylvania. I was just, talking about it earlier and uh i'll just i'm happy it's been a great season all these different winners so we might actually see more than 16 winners this year isn't that crazy absolutely joe you think about the guys that haven't won you know kevin harvick was really strong at loudon and uh martin truex you know i think early on in the race or the first three quarters the first three quarters of the race those guys were so dominant and each one of them needed a win and Christopher Bell needed a win. And, uh, and I think Ryan Blaney needs to win and Dominic, you might be able to share more who needs to win. There's a lot of them that need to win. That was kind of surprising that haven't won yet in 2022, but, uh, but I think you guys are right. It's going to be interesting because I don't know how many races are left, but you know, it's possible we could have more than 16 winners, you know, and then it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, if we do have more than 16 winners. Well, we talk about that every week on the show, Dave. You and I have said since the beginning of this year, the year of parity, this could be the year where we see 16 or 17 winners entering Daytona and somebody who picked up a win missed the playoffs for the first time since this has been introduced in 2014. But well, we have seven races left. Pocono could be a wild card. We haven't seen Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick at the victory lane. Brad Keselowski, who won last year, yet to find victory lane as well. They seem to be turning it around. But without further ado, in respect to time of our guest, Joe, we have a very special guest on our show this week. Tell us a little bit about him and some of his background, a little bit about what he's done and, and some of his great racing credentials. Oh, 
I'm so excited because this is actually one of the drivers. When I first talked, started talking to Dominic about 10 years ago, we were just talking about NASCAR and we always talk about David Strumming. And I'm so happy to have David Strumming on the program today because David competed in 200 NASCAR Cup Series races, wow. competed in the Xfinity Series, has an ARCA Series win. He's done late model racing. He's now working, working with the SRX Series. He's basically done everything he can do. And, uh, <laughs> It's great to have uh, David Streming on the, uh, the show today. How are you doing, David? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Great. We're doing great. Man, Streming, we're excited. We're excited to have you, dude. It's uh, man, it's uh, it's been a while, and uh, man, you you've done so much racing, you know. And uh, man, we, we just got so many questions to ask you, and uh, <laughs> and just hearing Dominic hey. and Joe talk about, you know. The 2022 season, there's so much parity. You know, you like you look at the sophomore year at Trackhouse Racing and how dominant they are this year with three wins, and and you look at uh you look at all the different drivers that have won and the, the different teams that have won that have won races so far this year. And I think about David Stremme because David Stremme was a hell of a race car driver that ran Cup for so long. And back when you was a cup driver uh, in, in, in the NASCAR Cup Series, you didn't have the parity that we have today. It seems like today's with this uh, next gen, this next gen car, uh, the new car, it seems like it's, it's really equaled out the playing field. And man, and I know from your, from as long as you raced, and uh, the racing I'm doing now, just to be somewhat equal with the powerhouse teams that have all the funding, all the technology, all the engineering that have everything you could ever want, and to have a team that's somewhat not on the same level competing with them and beating them, man, that's yeah. every driver's dream. So I'm just kind of curious to what your thought of, of, of this whole 2022 season and the next-gen race car. Well, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on the 75th show because when I think of David Starr, I think of the number 75 and the Spears <laughs> truck. Uh, but hey, I, Stevie, I don't, that was many moons ago, buddy. <laughs> uh, the thing is, is I, I told them guys when they said, hey, you want to be on the show? I said, look, I'm going to be unfiltered. I don't really, I don't care who I piss off or anything else. I'm going to say what's on my mind. So, like the thing is, is that, I don't, I don't follow it a lot. I have a lot of friends still in NASCAR. I follow it a little bit. The problem is that I have is just like you, you have all these segments and then you have all, it's so hard to follow sometimes, you know, like you're talking about the points. I've never big, been a big fan of the whole chase. I mean, it's okay. It's like, I want to know who the champion is. You know, there's a reason they've worked hard, but I will say this new car, I'm going to tell you, there's some things that's impressed me with it when uh, they were testing, tire tested and Austin. Dylan had wrecked it, and they, they went back, fixed the car, and they go back and run it. Um, I, I feel that, uh, you know, it has brought a lot of parity in with the teams. But I'm going to say this. When I watch it, and, and Justin Marks is a friend of mine. Um, I like what they're doing there at Trackhouse. But as we were talking before the show started, you got to remember Ganassi won last year, too. So the, the pieces were there. What it is, and you know this, David, from, from being at teams, it's all about it's more of a psychological with, with all the crew guys. There's so many good people that work at these organizations. What I want to see is like a college racing win. I want to see front row. I want to see these other teams running up front and, and JTG. I want to see all these other ones because right now, uh, 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 Roush Fenway, Keselowski, I don't even know the whole name of it. 
I, I don't see them running where they need to be. You know, I don't see some of these others, the Hendrick, the Gibbs, all of them are still up front. So I think it's great with this car. I think there's a lot of cool things kind of going on. Um, I just feel like they're still grasping at, it's like I turned on Atlanta and watch Atlanta and I'm like, what? I don't want to watch a Talladega or Daytona. I want to watch the old Atlanta where you see drivers elbows up running around this, this, I don't know. I guess I'm just old school. I guess you would say as I, as I get older, the more I watch it, I'm like, well, what happened to Atlanta where they wear tires out? You know, you'd, you'd be out there qualifying and like the second lap, you're like, Oh my God, like, I hope I can make it around here, you know? So, uh, anyways, I mean, it's, it's, I think there is parody. I think the cars are safe, but it, you know, I hear about, I don't know what you've heard, you know, these guys shift in like 200 sometimes at Martinsville, they do all this other stuff. And again, they design this car and they do all this and they don't think about so many other things. I think they just kind of hurry up and rushed it through. And there's, there's so many more things that they could do to help it. Um, but being part of, and I'm going to give you an example of this SRX series. Um, you know, Kenny Schrader and I do all the testing for it. Um, they run the same motors they run in the truck series. They're no more motor. Um, it's, a, it's a little different as far as the tuning on it. But uh, these cars, we'll go get in every car and they're within a tenth of each other. And it's really just how we sit in it. Because, um, you know, I, like, like this weekend, we sat in Haley Deegan's car and we're running it. I'm like, I'm not really Haley Deegan size, you know. But we... <laughs> squeeze in there so but what I see is I watch when I like the SRX first race of Pensacola Florida okay and you've run late model races and done things just Pensacola and I tell people when they went there I go uh, as I dirt race now there's the slickest places I get to race on ever was the Minnesota State Fair Darlington and Pensacola and I said they're all asphalt tracks and what Elio did there showed me the talent of this guy, why he's won four Indy 500. So when I look at parity and, and doing stuff, I look at what SRX is kind of doing, where you can take a guy like Joseph Newgardner, who's never sat in a stock car. Like literally we take him around in a rental car and he got six warm up laps and then he races and he run up front. And I mean, he, you see the talent of this guy. So uh, I think it's cool what NASCAR is doing, but I think there's a lot of other things. And when people see it, like, I already heard the rating numbers this weekend from Peavley. Uh, the dirt race was was super high. Um, I don't know yet what. Maybe it outdid the Loudon race. But people are watching this, and they still see. To me, when I watch a NASCAR race, I seen Joe Gibbs Racing win this weekend. You know, I see a powerhouse team. Uh, you know, it, it's like the Super Bowl. Who didn't want the Browns to win? You know, I mean, Absolutely. you're talking about a small team. So, uh, and I know teams work their butts off, and it's like, uh, I just don't know if they'll ever get there. You know, it's pretty cool, Strimmy, that you're a, uh, that you're helping set up all those race cars for the SRX series. I mean, what an awesome series! And uh, I love that series. And man, when we're racing, we get done racing. I can't. I guess we got to go watch the race. You know what I mean? Then Saturday night, and uh, man, the race in Pensacola was incredible, unbelievable. And I was thinking, man, you look at a uh, you know, Castor Nevis. I mean, I was thinking, dude, he's beating some great. I mean, there's so much talent on the racetrack in y'all's yeah. cars. But man, how what fun it is for to get in all those cars and you and Strader be able to set them all up. That's amazing, man. Well, you it are. is fun. Kenny run this weekend at Peebley, the dirt race, but I was I be honest, I don't care to race them. I I I enjoy helping like um when we were at Nashville last year and, and Elio's running the top. 
And I mean, he's busting these guys' butts up top there. And I'm like, all right, you know, we, we don't, when you're there, I don't really, I call it, it's not driver development. These guys are champions. And I mean, that's what all you're doing is consulting. You just go, Hey, here's what I see, what Tony's doing or what Bobby's doing or whoever in the field. And you just try to help them all a little bit, but they're, they're, they're so talented and it's fun to watch them, especially the open wheel guys that get out of their element and, and get into a stock car. You know, I expect Newman and Michael and these other guys to run well. Biffle, you know, I tell them every week, I'm like, pressure's on you, you know. But when you watch <laughs> non, uh, Tony Kanan running or this Ernie Francis that run like they did, uh, even Marco. Marco is, is by far um, exceeded what I expected this year. I mean, he's still – I told him if he tones her down that much, you know, his his – he'd be a lot better because he gets aggressive. But, <laughs> you know, that's what's neat about it. You see these guys, and, and IROC was built like that, and you see this SRX and what they're doing. But what's neat is they're doing them at facilities that you, you don't need to go to these these mega million-dollar places. They can do it right at, at your, your grassroots, and uh, it's showing what it's been able to do. But it, it's definitely fun. It's a neat part of my career, what I'm doing. And um, we got the last race at Sharon – Speedway up in Ohio this weekend with both uh, Ryan Blaney and uh, Dave Blaney's going to run. And then you got Logano in the booth and you got Chase called. So Chase Elliott's in. I mean, all these guys want to keep running. And, and it's neat because you see a lot of others wanting to go run this this little deal, too. Yeah, but it's pretty awesome to have those grassroots. Uh, I mean, that grassroots, people love it. It looks like the grassroots racing where you guys are racing at. Looks like to me, attendance-wise, looks like it's uh, doing a little bit better. These multi-million facilities that this NASCAR guys are racing at, you know what I mean. I mean, people, it's, love, people love what y'all are doing. Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, they, they're doing good. You know, it's still about the same ticket as what a what it is to go to watch a cup race or Xfinity race. And, um, I mean, it's packing them. You know, it, it, there's some places they sell out. Like, they're like, look, we can't get you come in no more. You know, so it's it's very interesting. Um, it's still building. I feel they they're, they're they're in negotiations where CBS wants to do some stuff, and there's just so much going on. But you look at the players with Tony and and Ray and and uh, Sandy and George and all these people that have put this this program together. It's so early. There's so much more. I'm just happy. You know, they said, hey, you know, you want you want to be part of this. So it's a lot of fun at six weeks. But um, it, it it's what I what I again, went back to parody and doing stuff, and you were talking about your Loudon race. What I don't, and I hope fans listening understand that, you know, you run 11th, and I go, listen, that is hard to do. You know, you fight your car, and you're running all day, and you're busting your butt and focused and doing everything, and and uh, Bobby Dodder and all them guys at, at Greenlight do a great job with what, what they're doing with their cars, but you beat a lot of big teams, you know, big powerhouses, and to me, that's big, you know, when I when I hear what you've done there, so congratulations to you on your weekend. Well, I appreciate you understand that, because you've been there and done that, you know, a lot of the fans don't understand, it's like, man, our our shoestring budget, you know, we don't really have any oh, I, engineering, and you know, uh, you know, we just have a hodgepodge of different cars, and uh, but, I mean, we do pretty good for what we have, you know what I mean? Yep. And, you know, when you do beat some of those powerhouse teams, and you're competitive, and you know, you know, people's like, man, if I finish in the top 10, I feel like I want to pull into victory lane because really we won. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because a lot of those big teams wouldn't compete on the budget that we operate on, you know? So uh, you well, understand. They wouldn't even know what to do when they get to the racetrack. If they didn't, if they had to drive to the racetrack, they'd piss themselves. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything now is, and, and, and to me, that's where fans, they've lost a core group of fans because it's just about people writing a check, you know? Like you yeah. bust your ass, you go out and you, you work for your program, you work for the team and doing everything. And, and I'm not saying some of them guys don't, but look, at the end of the day, they're just writing a check to go race. No, right? And you do see it. It's like how they race and how they're doing stuff. And listen, they some of them need their ass beat. You know, I mean, just how, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. They forget where they come from. You know, that's why that's I like right. when you look at this SRX deal, it's all people like at the end of the day, they don't really care what they're getting paid. They just love to race. All right. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. That's the best part at, about it. Yeah. So, David, we always, uh, man, man, you had such a great career. I, I was a big fan of yours. And, uh, man, uh, and Dominic. That's because we did race a lot together. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, uh, I want to know, man, take us back to the start, man. David Strimmy. I mean, tell us, was your, you know, how did you come to love auto racing so much? Was your family involved? Did you have an uncle or a dad? Take us back to the beginning. How did it all start for David Strimmy? I'm going I'm to try to give you a really short brief uh, of my career up until this point. So, both my parents raced. I grew up around racing in Indiana, northern Indiana. Your, dad, um, your, your mom and dad raced. Mom and dad raced. Look, wow. my mom was a school bus driver. My dad's a truck driver. We didn't have no money. I mean, like, I just helped my parents as, at, on their cars, and they're like, you know, hey, my dad said, hey, you want to try it? And I'm like, sure. You know, I was like 15. Second race out, I win. Of course, everybody's raising hell because I ain't got a driver's license, so I had to quit. <laughs> so I got a license. But uh, I was very fortunate where I had a lot of people that, I mean, I worked my butt off. And, and um, you know, I never thought I would get to the NASCAR level. I thought, man, if I could just race for a living. And um, uh, there was a gentleman, he had an environmental service business. And we ended up, did some late model race. And we'd go from, uh, you know, uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, down to southern Indiana. We'd be racing Winchester, Salem, all kinds of stuff. Well, then... Uh, we went to Phoenix, and I remember it was Cup Weekend, tour racers, like 80 cars. Uh, actually, Kenny Schrader got me hooked up with this Robert Hamke. We go out there, and uh, we ran. We qualified fourth, led most laps, and, like, I lost by, like, that much to Schrader's car. Scott Hansen was driving it. So Oh, Scott Hansen, uh, man. My buddy yeah. Scott Hansen. Wow, he so, beat you. Well, he just he put tires on, and, and we went down three and four. I could have run him out, but we just raced hard. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what happened, so I'll fast forward. We did some ASA racing with Robert, and it helped my relationship there. And then, um, like, 2001 was kind of a pivotal year because it was either like, listen, I'm going to move south and go work on the team, or, or I'm going to get a break. Well, Howie Leto, actually, I'll go back to 9-11. Uh, Scott Hansen couldn't be at Winchester, and he couldn't be at, at Rockford, Illinois. And he called me. He said, hey, he said, I want you to run Finetti's car at – Winchester, I'm like, all right. So Howie Leto, who was, he's been Jimmy Johnson's crew chief, Tony Reigns, he was well-known in ASA. He was working at Herzog's, and they didn't have a deal. They were pretty much done. So we go down to Winchester, sit on the pole, let the most laps. We end up fishing night. Tranny at the end went out. But that enabled me to go drive full-time for a, a gentleman, this Ron Daniels, in 2002. And I'm like, shit, I just hit the jackpot. You know, I get to race for a living. I got a full-time deal. Um, anyways, we ran 2002 and the first part we run fifth, I think first time out. And then we went to Irwindale and South Boston. We tore up a couple cars and then we start hitting up, like really running well. And anyways, we finished second that year, six times. We won twice, still finished fifth points by like 15 points. But, uh, that year, it was that was competitive. 
he finished fifth in, by 15 points, man. That yeah, was a competitive was, band. It was. So we, that year, um, uh, Lauren Rainier, who uh, mm -hmm. contacted me and said, hey, look, Ganassi wants to do a development driver. And I'm like, holy shit, you know, like, <laughs> all right, sign up. You know, I'm excited. And yeah. uh, anyways, you know, so we did that. I signed up and I was supposed to run ASA the next year. Well, then we got booted right into the, the, the Bush series, which was James Finch, which is a great guy. Great guy. Wow. Got to drive. So McMurray and I split that car. Well, they go. All right. And you'll understand this, David. So in 03, we don't have sims. We don't have nothing. You just watch a video. We couldn't really test anywhere. So they just said, hey, look, we're going to go to Nashville. I'm like, shit. All right, we'll just go. So we went there and at the, at the super speed, we run seventh, first time out. Anyways, wow. that year, the average, I never won, but my average was really good. We were supposed to run in 04 for uh, uh, James. And of course, there's a, a team manager there. He's like, well, I don't want a rookie and all this other shit. So like, I remember this very specifically beginning of January, because we're getting ready to go to Daytona, and all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, you're not going to drive. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? So I was under contract with Chip. Well, Todd Braun, he had uh, uh, Braun Racing at Trim Spa, so all of a sudden, boom, I'm in there. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a ton of money, but we were able to race, and we did good. And then the next thing you know, I don't finish that year, because, again, I'm a development driver, and boom, I'm over at Armando Fitz's place, which was wow. It was, and you'll understand this. So we go to Armando Fitz's as a Navy, great sponsor, money was good, but guess what? Armando's, you know, taking the money off that team and he's spending like, he had super cuts, which was only good enough for half the team really funding. And then he's trying, this dumb son of a bitch is trying to run three teams, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, long story short, they go and end up, uh, I mean, we had good runs and we did stuff, but like, uh, at that time, Ganassi had started an in-house program, a Bush series with Reed Sorensen, which I got Reed the deal. So he was like second driver. So then in 06, they're like, hey, we're going to put you guys in cup. And I'm like, all right, well, that's everybody wants cup race, you know? Yeah. Well, guess what? I look back at it now and I'm like, that's the dumbest thing they ever did is put me and Reed, who are two rookies, and then Casey Mears only got a year under his belt and we're going to put all three of us under one roof. And I'm like, this is stupid, you know, mm -hmm. and we struggled a lot. We had a rookie crew chief and then, uh, we got through that year and 07 was really good. Um, I felt like I, I was in the, what they called the chase or whatever, uh, the top 12 all the way up through, I, I want to say like July or something. And that was the year they had the COT car come out yeah. and, and our company just wasn't prepared for that, uh, that model car. And we struggled at races and, but anyways, we ended up that year, too, I learned a lot about NASCAR, where I never had agents. I'm just like, I just want to race, you know. And right. Juan Pablo was my teammate. Me and him got along great, and Reed. Well, Reed had an agent. He just basically sit there, and they, they you know, suck Chip off and got him to stay, and then I'm out. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, shit, I didn't know you were supposed to do all this. So then, uh, and again, Chip's, Chip's a good guy. You know, I yeah. like him. Uh so then the probably best thing ever happened, I got drive for Rusty in 08, which was phenomenal. Rusty wow. Wallace, Stephen was my teammate, and we started out, I wasn't even going to run the whole season or even most of it. And uh, We were very underfunded. We ran very well. Our team was, I, was, I was probably the happiest I've ever been. 07 was pretty good, but 08 was good. And, and uh, that was the same year when everything started crashing and we had a home builder as a sponsor. Well, guess what? Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, we ain't got sponsors and everything. And I remember I raced for like a month with no money. I was like, Rusty, I'm just – let's just go race, all right? And uh, I ran one car for 16 races. I mean, this thing was like beat up and 
Wow. But we loved it. It run good. So uh, anyways, that enabled me that year. I did testing for Penske, and I went and drove for Roger in 09, which I'm thinking, you know, now I got an agent. So I'm like, all right, yeah, we're good. You know, I got somebody, and you're at Roger Penske's, and uh, it just didn't work out, you know. And what happened is it's just where the company was at. And, yeah. and again, here I got an agent, which at the time I shouldn't have had an agent because this dumb son bitch <laughs> didn't do nothing either, you know. So uh, we got three quarters away in the year, and they want to buy me out of my contract. They want to bring Brad in, and I'm like, hey, whatever, you know. So they buy me out. And uh, what was the coolest thing about Roger, and I'm going to tell you, Roger, I can text him right now, and he'll text right back. Yeah. Probably one of the best guys in racing. Him, he, Walt Zarnicki, who's his right-hand man, comes up with his paper in 2010. He goes, hey, he said, uh, I just want to let you know it wasn't you. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, Brad was racing, and they had the average of both of us. And, and Brad's average was the same as mine. I'm like, listen, I know the big business. You know, by now I've done seen it. You know how it is. It's like, it's always a driver and the crew chief or it's something, you know. So anyways, that didn't work out. And then from there it was, we had our own team and I just got burned out in racing, you know. So uh, again, in 13, we, I had some partners coming in because from 11 to 13, I owned part of a deal. And really at the end of the day, who I thought were my friends weren't. And the guy that I brought in, luckily I, I'd seen enough of these these idiots coming in that think they can just, you know, start winning NASCAR races. And he took a three-year plan, tried doing it in three months. And uh, I was protected enough with contracts and that. So uh, it kind of burned me out. I'm telling you, people that I thought were my friends that through, you'll understand this, through 2010 to 12, when nobody had jobs and it was hard keeping jobs, I'm talking thousands of people without work in yep. that industry, you know, I was keeping them working and doing stuff and paying them good and they just backstabbed me. So anyways, 14 was the last year and uh, Hillman, Hillman asked me to go race some and, and I did it because I always liked Mike and they're very, uh, again, these years from from uh, 2010 with Frankie Stoddard to 14, you're taking a car that, you know, you know what I'm saying? You'd run 30th to 36th, whatever. They're starting 43 cars. Right. Now, bust your ass all day run 40th you know at that time but <laughs> we're buying used tires and doing stuff anyways it just finally wore out and and, and and it's like i was telling you before we started recording a friend of mine said look just stand around and if if, if you don't if you know you're not going to miss it then you're done and i was just done you know i was wow. burned out uh, but i remember there was highlights and people what i mean by like your loud race and people don't understand this we were at the brickyard and we go there in 2012 and there was eight of us in 2011 and 12 that worked for it was Inception Motorsports that I owned and, and two other guys. And and uh, we would race and then we'd start and park, we'd make a little money, then we'd go race. Well, Brickyard paid, I think it was 200000 or something at that time. Wow. So we go there and we're like, all right, we're going to get qualified in. So we got qualified in, qualified 17th. And I'm like, man, we that's had great. what's that? That's awesome. It was awesome. We had Toyota helping us. Yeah buying their used cars again chip was chip's a good guy so we ended up we bought tires from everybody at that time you know they do qualifying runs they're all scuffs or they'd have 10 laps we bought all these tires anyways we we bust our ass all day run 18 and i mean we just did a made together pit crew and everything else outrun the other two ganassi cars and you do you do this all day and then you go nobody even recognizes what we just did you know, know. Like, that's amazing what y'all did man man well, you know, they, You've done it too, you know. You take something that that shouldn't run like fifteenth, you run fifteenth, you know. Yeah, that's so, that's amazing, man. Just listening to you talk, dude, man. I knew you as a great race car driver because I watched you a lot, you know. And uh, but man, 
there's not a lot of us, there's not a lot of drivers out there that drove for freaking James Finch power, you know, just a, a great racer, great car owner, put Kurt Busch, he put Kurt Busch back on the map, I believe, and had good equipment, and freaking Rusty Wallace, Roger Penske, Chip Ganassi, dude, yeah. you had a great career, man, that's amazing, well, thank I had you. no idea that you, that you drove for all those guys, that's it was, amazing, it, wow. it was, you know, I've had a great career, and what's funny is, it's like, um, you know how you get beat down in that sport, so, it, the end of 13, 14, I started doing some dirt racing and I did some dirt stuff. And um, so I went to Macon, Illinois and just did a little NASCAR night. And I'm like, holy shit, this stuff's cool. I didn't grow up dirt racing, you know? So <laughs> at the end of 13, we went up to Eldora and we're racing. They got like 140 cars here at this event. And I mean, we get done racing. It's like, we just knocked the mud off. We're going to drink some beer and have fun. I'm like, damn, this is just like, <laughs> well, anyways, I didn't, I wasn't very good. I spun out. I was normally the caution. And I said, I got to get better. I got to get me a little better car. So it was these two guys. And I was going to buy either one of these cars. And what ended up happening, I bought a guy closer to me, his car. Well, the problem is I got it like three months later and what I should have. I couldn't get parts, couldn't get help. So I've always been a hands-on guy. And when I had that cup team, I still owned a lot of equipment. So I said, hey, I said, we're going to build a car. So we ended up building a car and took a lot of my asphalt mentality and put in it. And uh, we've had a really, really good, successful, I feel, company. We, we started at the end of 14. Um, the first year we built like, I don't know, 40-some cars. I said, we ain't doing that shit again. So wow. we put a limit at, uh, we build about 25, 30 cars a year. Um, our wait list is normally about, you know, right now we're probably four months. Uh, this is our slow time, I call it. But um, we've got to win Pretty much there's there's four big sanctioned bodies in, in modified racing from uh, Wasoda, USMTS to IMCA and UMP, and we've won them all. We've won all the big races with guys, and it, it it's really fun to be able to work with guys. Like, there's actually a guy in Texas, um, I'm trying to think, he's down more towards Waco. We built him a car, a hand controls. He's a paraplegic. So right now, I don't know what track it is he runs. I should know. Right now he's won seven in a row and they got a bounty on him. Now it, it was really cool. NBC he's did a, a piece paraplegic. Off. Yes, paraplegic. He got hurt in a motorcycle wreck. <laughs> Built him hand controls, goes all this stuff. He, he does phenomenal. So we've been able to be part of a lot of stuff, but we've we've built lethal chassis and uh we go dirt racing. Uh, you know, I haven't done as much this year. I've run like eight races now and I, it's about to pick up because I sucked this last week, so I'm like, listen. <laughs> right, so we're gonna go race, and and dude, hey, we've won you a couple. Don't fire races. yourself, are you? <laughs> What's that? You're not gonna fire yourself, are you? <laughs> no. No, my wife will. She's fired me. Listen, my wife fired me in a heat race and hired me back. So uh, <laughs> we end up, you know, we go and have fun. And uh, the the cool thing when you talk about my like getting to drive for people and do stuff. So when I go dirt racing, we've won some big races. We've, we've won some 10,000 and different races and beat some really good guys. And, and there's a couple of points I want to point out here. So we've got to go dirt racing. And these dirt fans, they're like hardcore old asphalt fans. When they're done at the races, they come down to pits and they're buying T-shirts and they're wanting to hang out drivers. And then there's there's just so many racers in the dirt racing that are really good. Well, they, they don't even look at me. They, either they look at me as an asphalt guy or they don't even know, like one of the guys that works for me, he didn't even know I run NASCAR. So I kind of oh, like it. What rocks he been under, dude? He's, <laughs> but he's only 23. So I, like, <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah. So anyways, but the, the, the other thing is, is it's funny. I got to, I'll tell you, it's Justin Haley. He drives for the Collin group. Yeah. And they were on him about, man, how come you ain't winning modified races? How come you ain't doing this? Well, time out here a minute, okay? The funnel system's broke when we talk about going to NASCAR and doing stuff. So there are so many good short track racers right now. I'm going to name a few. I'm going to name, like, this Brandon Overton won, I mean, almost a million dollars last year, okay? Uh, you got Anthony Macri in sprint cars who's kicking ass. Right. Uh, you got uh, all these different drivers, okay? You take Nick Hoffman running in modifieds. You got all these guys, okay? They're out here doing this. But midgets, you know, you'll take some guys. But anyways, before a team would have been like, hey, look, we're getting them a test in a truck or an Xfinity car. We're going to do something. They'd sign them up. And they'd see talent. If them people ain't got money behind them, it don't matter. So now the short track ranks, and you see this where Larson went out, uh, even, even when he was like, you know, I call it on a suspension, whatever. And they run these short tracks. These guys are tough. And you see Kyle last year, and he, it keeps him sharp, where he knows he's running against these guys that are very capable of running NASCAR, but, but they don't have the funding to get there, you know. So the short track ranks, like Justin Haley thinks that he should go to Lincoln Speedway in Illinois and just wax these guys' ass. It ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. They are tough. And you see this where Casey Kane's out running World Outlaws, or you take – any of these guys, when they're running against David Gravel and all these guys in the Owls, they're tough, you know. Um, so it's really neat to see where short track racing's at. Uh, and, and you take the NASCAR side of things again. Them, them guys, I think they've seen, or some of the owners, I should say, uh, they said, hey, look, go run some short track races. It'll keep you sharp, you know. Absolutely. So it's cool. I've seen Alan Bowman. I've seen different people doing it. And uh, I, I think everybody's had some fun with it. But uh, – there are some really good short track racers right now. And I mean, I, I love it. It keeps me up and going and, and sharp and everything. And, and we have fun. Uh, Episode 75 here of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. David Sturmey, our guest on the show this week. Sturmey, when you look back in your time, NASCAR, what you're doing now with Lethal Chassis, what are some of your most proudest professional moments in motorsports yet? I don't, <laughs> you know, what's funny is Starr and I were talking about this. I don't even, I don't look at, you know, hey, uh, uh, like, um, they, they, there's something come out where I've won uh, the Rookie of the Year honors in only 16 starts in Bush Series. I don't, I mean, it was cool at the time, and I think about all that, but I look at the stuff that got away from me. Like, I should have won Milwaukee. I was leading, and my, my spotter, who normally was spotting for me, was out in California, Sonoma, because that, that was when they had to split teams, and we just kind of had a thrown-together team, and we're going, and, and I was, like, young and dumb, and I'm just wide open, and I should have been a little more conservative, and, so you think about the stuff you lost, uh, but there are things like when we were going to Daytona and, and uh, we didn't test, we didn't do nothing. We build a car, we go down there and qualify it in. Um, there was eight of us, and it, it was always a funny Mike Joy's like, yeah, eight guys and three dogs in the shop, and that's what it was. <laughs> we did it on no money, and yeah. uh, that's what's cool, you know, and, and we'd go race, but I don't know. I don't really – I'm not ever one to either to just go – Hey, I've won this many races, or I keep count. I don't. I don't even know how many races I've won. My thing is, I always want to win the next one. And and like right now, uh, last week my performance, I was piss poor. I mean, it was <laughs> terrible. I was not happy. I'm trying stuff and doing things, and and uh, I just go, hey, I got to go out here and I got to be better. So I'm looking at what do I got to do to win, you know. And I've just always been that way. But um, I don't know. You know, I don't really. I just go, hey what I've done in the past is in the past. I'm about the future right now. Sure. You know, the so streaming, 
it's interesting to hear you talk because man you know, when I found out where, that you were going to be our guest, man, I was excited. You know, I'm like, man, Jimmy's won two races, three. I was trying to figure out how many races you won. I said, I know he's won two. And, Zero. Uh, because, man, you when I was what you saw, he's so competitive. You was in the front, and I'm like, man, I know we, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's got two wins. You know, that's, you know, we I, were like I said. Time. We were killing him at St. Louis. Yeah. And uh, Randy Cox is my crew chief. Great guy. I had a lot of fun yeah. with him. Man, we were killing them. Blue right front tire. Uh, we were we were running. I think my first Cup race, I run 16th at Chicago, and then we go to we go to Charlotte when they levigated that track and all this. And uh, we were running, and I mean, I remember I'm running seventh, blue tire. I'm like, see the gun, you know? Like, there's just things like we were leaving Daytona. It was in July, 07. We had a kick-ass speedway program. I mean, right. we were running good. We we had finished well in the 500. Anyways, we're running good. Everything else come down pit road. I think we we're leading at the time. And you know them July 4th races, they're hot. hot. I mean, they're sliding around. And anyways, we come down pit road and the crew chief, he never even called me like Paul Menard's coming out of his pit stall. Boom, we wrecked. Or no, excuse me. I'll tell you what it was. I come in my stall. We're in the stall to do the stop and we're leaving. And he never, he calls me out of the pit stall. I just go. Well, Paul Menard was already there. Boom, run into him, knock Fender off. And guess what? Wow. There goes our chance of winning, you know. So yeah. you know what I'm saying, like you. Oh, absolutely. There's things that stick in you, and 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 what's funny is, is you go, and uh, we'll be sitting in the pit somewhere, and everybody's kind of drinking beer, and we're relaxing, telling stories. And it's funny. I've been around Schrader and Wallace, and all of us are right. short track, and everybody wants to talk about NASCAR, and like when you're there, it's like I don't care to talk about that. I want to talk about like <laughs> short track racing, you know. So. I've had a great career, uh, you know. I got to drive for a lot of people and met, met a lot of a lot of friends and and networked with a lot of people. And I still get once in a while, even last year, I got a call. Hey, you want to go run a truck or do this? I'm like, no, I'm done. Like I don't. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'd love to see you in a truck or Xfinity car again, you know. And and man, just hearing you talk, people. Fans don't realize it's it's interesting the perspective that a race fan has. You know, they, you know, like if you're a superstar in NASCAR, they think you can step into another series somewhere, short track, you know, late model asphalt series somewhere, or a, you oh, know, yeah. IMCA car, or some some series. Dude, these guys, these guys would be in NASCAR. They're on top of their game. You're not going to step in there and beat them. No. They're going to. They're going to humble you real quick because they're on top of their game. And that's probably one of the biggest things. Uh, people ask me, hey, man, you've been doing this 24 years. What's the biggest thing, you know, that you've seen since, you know, in your 24 years? And, it, and it's exactly what you're talking about. The kids, the young kids and the young girls and all the people that race on the short across America in the short tracks, whether it be asphalt or dirt, they're so good and they're so talented. And this is the this is the difference, you know. You made it because you were talented. You drove your way there. I was able to drive my way there too. Somebody saw our talents and they gave us an opportunity because they thought, "Man, these guys are good." Well, today it's not about talent anymore. It's about a check, and that's that's yep. the big difference that I see in our sport. And I don't like it. I can't change it, but it's just sad that. You know, a, a young kid somewhere in, in, you know, wherever, Nebraska or California, yeah. that's kicking everybody's tail. 
may not ever get that opportunity because he didn't have a lot of money behind him. And well, that's sad, man. It is sad. And, and, and that's what, like, with this SRX deal, it's been pretty cool what Tony and Ray and all them have done. So, like, last year we started, we went to Stafford, and we run, and Doug Colby's there, and he won the race. Well, mm -hmm. Mike Beam was there working with him, and Beam got GMS and put him in a truck for Bristol. And I'm like, hey, that's cool, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Guys, they, take, they try to take the local hero, okay? Like, Luke Fenhouse was at Slinger. That right. kid, I mean, he is good. Uh, Chevrolet signed him up now, and they're running. But his maturity and, and, and stuff, and, and I think it was Tony or somebody said, look, y'all need to look at this kid, you know? So there's still ways a little bit to do it, but it still takes funding. I mean, these guys, like, it's so hard. And, I mean, uh, Toyota probably has the best program as far as developing and trying to, to get guys going. That's how, like, uh, like Haley Deegan, I remember when Toyota, they said, hey, look, we want you to go out to Hickory and she's going to go test this car. And uh, we went out there and they like talked to her like she was a little, you know, five-year-old, like, hey, go out there, run second gear, get it up to speed and third gear. And then when they let her turn her loose, they run her and then we go into pits and they're like, hey, what do you think? I said, stop talking to her like she's a little kid. She knows what she's going to do. Yeah, because right. these kids, they've raced since they're five years old, you know. Yeah, so the development of them is it's crazy. They already know the race inside and, and doing different things. You just got to, one, teach them the respect side most of the time. It's just experience. You know that. Absolutely. We've all done dumb, dumb shit, you know. But <laughs> the thing is, 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 is they've been racing. Now, I will say, I don't think you'll see guys race like Mark Martin. They will not keep racing until their 50s, you know. Like, um now, I don't know, the, the, the funding's changed a lot and all this other stuff, you know, you, you see uh, Denny Hamlin, and, and I like Denny, but he'll run his mouth about all athletes need to make this, do this and that. Listen, at the end of the day, it takes a lot of equipment. This ain't like football or baseball, you know. Um, it, it takes equipment to be able to do this, and there's a lot of funding in that. But definitely the money's changed a lot. I was able to do very well, and, and, and I was blessed to be able to be in a time in NASCAR when it was – super popular going to places and, and we were able to make some money but it's uh it's just way different now i mean i look at sponsors and doing different things look at m&ms you know they're they're leaving and nascar still has a lot of great fans but i don't know there's just they're like even the people in charge you're like listen y'all need to wake your ass up and go to some short tracks or go somewhere look at what's going on Oh, i remember you know this like going to pocono you go there and you're like holy cow man this infield packed or the or the place, or a lot of these places, you know, Texas was phenomenal to go to. Um, so we could talk all day about that, but it is different. And, you know, there's a lot of programs in place, but it is hard. If you ain't got the money, it's it's just difficult. It's tough, man. Hey, tell us, man, it's uh, man, it's pretty cool. Your, your wife's your partner, you know what I mean? And, and uh, man, yep. I, I want to say, I'm trying to remember, and Dominic, uh, I think you married Miss USA. Wasn't your wife Miss oh, USA? Yeah. I mean, like uh, 2016 Miss United States or something. And she's done some pageants and she's done, heck, she's got her own show. She does Wing Nation on uh, MAV and she does all kinds of stuff. But yeah, we've done this here. She kind of, her and Kenny Wallace got me into this dirt racing deal. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't, the, the, I'm going to tell you the coolest thing about dirt, and we talk about talent and doing stuff. The thing is, is I watch some guys, they think, oh, man, I'm going to buy a car and I'm going to spend this money. I'm going to go out and win. Listen, if you can't drive, you ain't going to cut it. Like, this is not. <laughs> Absolutely, man. This is not you're going to go buy equipment and just go win races. So 
anyways, but that's why I love the dirt. It's, it's, it's fun. And she brought that to my attention. And I was, I was burned out. I was done with racing. I was ready to go do something different. And, um, it's, it's definitely brought my passion back and the love yeah. for it. I like it because the time, it doesn't consume my time. Like we were down at Pensacola testing and, and I ain't gonna lie around the fall, like the Winchester 400 and the snowball mm -hmm. derby gets my attention. And I go, man, I kind of want to go do that. And that Don Hawk, he goes, Hey man, I'll get you a sponsor. Let's run the derby. And I'm like, no, nah. I said, it ain't gonna happen because you got to be there all week. They're saying yeah. it takes a hundred grand now. I go, yeah, this is amazing. stupid. That is stupid. They're spending a hundred grand race for twenty five thousand. Well, let's <laughs> grand, we're gonna race for a million. You know that dirt race it, that Tony and them had at Eldor paid a million dollars. You know, wow, yeah, five hundred thousand for second. So That's that, amazing, that, dude. Oh, it was the richest motorsports race per lap in the world. You know, wow. But That's but amazing. it's neat to see that, but it's also bad because they need to like like. We can't just pile all the money on top. You know, you got to spread it out. But Oh, absolutely. That dirt late model racing, like, I mean, they're racing this weekend up at uh, I-80 in Nebraska. Yeah. 50,000 to win, 5,300 to start. I'm not sure, but that's probably more than what the trucks are racing. <laughs> I think you're close. You yeah, know, I mean, Jimmy, what's, what's impressive, guys, to hear Miss USA bring David Strimmy back into racing. Isn't that amazing, <laughs> man? It was like you took your – your beautiful wife that wins the USA pageant to get you back into, into racing, man. That's well, yeah, how, uh, how did that yeah, happen? Yeah. Was she a racer or man? What's kind of cool. Oh yeah. She's, she grew up in a racer. Her dad runs sprint cars. And I tell people the only partnerships I have is the one I'm sleeping with now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's one more partnership. Stremmy said he's done racing in NASCAR, but wouldn't it be fascinating? Like David, you were saying earlier about the parody in the cup series. Joe, I mean, I think we put Stremmy in a cup car. I think he's going to go out with that thing. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see well, it. Well, it's funny. Like, so we go and test the SRX car, and uh, and I, I'm not, I've never been one to kind of brag on myself, but we went and tested the SRX car and Ray's like, well, when's the last time you asphalt race? I said, oh, I run super late model in 17. I said, other than that, I ain't been on asphalt. This was just last year in 21. I go out there and like third lap, I'm already at speed. We're, we're running good times. and. And it's fun because I see, I do see like, I mean, Tony Stewart's a hero of mine. You got Bill Elliott, you got oh, man. Bobby Labonte. I'm going to tell you, you can take Tony, Bobby Labonte, Biffle, Newman, all these guys. But listen, every one of them can go run a cup race right now or Xfinity race or whatever. Absolutely. And, and we'll go run these cars. And I'm like, man, I said, I can run. I'm like same time as him, if not a little faster. And you do things. And every one of them's like that. They're like, oh, man, they're judging off each other. So it's neat seeing that, but but there's a point too when you've done it so long. And 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 I listen, I give you credit for 24 years doing this. Right. But I said there's a time I'm I'm just done. I'm not going to put in the the effort it takes to do it week in and week out, you know. And and then have somebody you know come up and bust your ass because you know, well, you ain't driving hard enough. You just wanted to run 15th because you know that's all you can get. Bullshit, <laughs> you know. I sit here bust my butt. Hey, you know. So you know what I'm saying. I mean, I would, uh, yeah, I, I get you, man. I just think it'd be kind of cool to see you back. I mean, for one race, huh? I, uh, I, there's no doubt in my mind. You put, you put David Strimmy in, in a in a good car, you'll go to the front, dude. No doubt. Well, about I, think, it. I thank you for that. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm having fun dirt racing. I love racing against all the short track guys, and and uh, I'm gonna tell you, there's some boys like I run in these mods. They're in their twenties. 
and they're tough. And I mean, I'm 45 <laughs> now. Like, listen, it, my dad always, he'll give me a hard time. He'll be watching a race. And he's like, oh, you're not that hungry. It's hard to be, he says, it's hard to be hungry with a ham strapped to your back. So he keeps me in check. <laughs> he gets me pissed off, and then I go, "All right, we gotta go run here." So absolutely, absolutely. It, you gotta have something keeping you driving, though. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to our news and notes segment here in a second. Joe will take that, but before we do, just a reminder that today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won a Truck Series race in 2004. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is also committed to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head on over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com. Time David, for our news and notes. And Joe? Hey, oh, go ahead. Hold on. We need to get that Ticket Smarter to start getting some dirt races because these people have a hard time getting tickets. So Do we need that. to get our... I think they, I think Star can arrange for that, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Ticket Smart, you know, it's it's such a great company. They, um, you know, just obviously you can buy tickets to any concert, NFL game, Major League Baseball, whatever. They got it all. But the cool thing about Ticket Smarter is, man, this the charity. Con uh, they, I think I believe they donate a dollar or maybe two dollars for every transaction, every ticket they sell all day long. They they uh, they 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 give back to, to children's charities and hospitals. It's amazing, you know. But uh, awesome. yeah, it's it's a it's a great company. Stan Ross owns it, and man, it's uh, you know obviously just he's such a great guy. He owns another company called Digital Li. He, there's a lot of companies he owns, and uh, they have Brett Bear with uh, Fox Special Report, Fox News. Man, I I tell you, you know, you've been there and done that, and. Uh, you know, without these great people backing you, we couldn't race. So yeah. I, I feel blessed and fortunate, that's for sure. Off to Joe, though. You, Joe, we've got some big NASCAR news that came out on Tuesday, July 19th, in reference to the NASCAR Cup Series schedule. What are some of those details, and, and what's going to be happening to the schedule on that new track? It's going to be in the streets of Chicago. Uh, it's pretty cool. I saw a layout. It's going to take place uh, July 4th weekend of next year. And I saw the track because they raced on iRacing last year. And, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be uh, around this, uh, it's going to be a 15-turn street course. We're seeing uh, Cup Series never raced on a street course before, so it's going to be pretty cool. And uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to it because I would like to see, uh, you know, a street course in a Cup Series. But I understand they're losing Road America. I really like the race on Road America, but they said they might come back there one day. But I'm really excited the announcement that they have. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they do it. I, I just don't understand. We're going to see an action. I, I, I'm cool for the idea, but... Uh, some of the like exact right nine the ninety degree corners, uh, these these hard struck corners. I wonder how they're going to do that in terms of safety. You know. Well, let's start with you, Star. You've talked about this on the show in the past about having an opinion on street course racing. Well, it's happening in twenty three. So, what do you think about it? What's your reaction to being added to the schedule? Well, I'm not surprised by it. I mean, when you go to the LA Coliseum and run a race a weekend four Daytona five hundred in a, you know, I don't even know if it was a quarter mile track, but uh. You know, NASCARs, you know, they're uh, they're doing some stuff out of the box, that's for sure. And uh, I'm not surprised to hear that. We've been hearing the rumors for a while. You know, I, it's kind of exciting, but I'm not so sure uh, what kind of race it'll be. You know what I mean? You, I, I, I love watching the IndyCars race. You know, I love them when they put them on ovals. They put on such a great race. Then you put them on a road course in, in, a, in a city. And the racing's not that great. You know, there's not a lot of passing. Uh, from a spectator standpoint, you can only see a turn or two. 
Uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of cool because they're trying something way outside the box, but I'm not so sure if that's really the direction that our sport needs to go. You know, it'd be kind of cool to see it, but I, I'm not real sure if, if stock cars or, you know, or cup cars or NASCAR cars are made for street courses around America. We got all these awesome racetracks and, and, uh, but Hey man, you know, you know, maybe they're on to something, but for me, it, it remains to be seen how it's going to play out. You know what I mean? It's uh, to me, I, you know, I think it's cool, but I, I don't think these types of cars are made for city type racing to my personally. What do you think about that? I was thinking that too. I was thinking that too, uh, Star, because, uh, you know, any car in Formula One, they could stop on a dime, okay? But in NASCAR, they don't have the same braking systems. And I was wondering, David, especially a right-hander or a left-hander that's 90 degrees, I mean, that's straight on. You know what I'm saying? Are they looking at that as safety uh, way, how to, to make it more safe? Well, I have drove the new next-gen race car, but they uh -huh. say it's more of like a, you know, it's a lot of the design of it is more of a like a Trans Am-type car. Uh, the mm -hmm. braking, you know, from hearing other drivers talk, the braking's really good and the sequ sequential shifting. And, you know, the car, these cars are probably built more than any other NASCAR or cup car for a street race. But uh, but I don't know. It still remains to be seen. I'm kind of curious what Streamy's uh, opinion is of it. Well, I don't, I, I give them kudos for trying stuff, but I think, again, they're going down a road that, Listen, if I want to watch street racing, I watch IndyCar race or Formula One race. You know, I'm not – I think there's great facilities all over the country that they could go to, and uh, they, they just need to look in the mirror at themselves and go, man, what are we doing? You know, like, uh, I, again, as a race fan and most people I talk to and, and you look at your hardcore group of fans, uh, when, you, when you watch a race, it's hard to watch. You know, you look back and – I think the thing, and, and we'll just start with NASCAR themselves, people are tired of them being double-edged sword. They say one thing, and all of a sudden they go do the other thing here a year or two later. I mean, like, let's let's just look at what do we have to do in the racing, all right? Do we need to go to Iowa? Do we need to go to different places? I think the street course, you know, yeah, they went to Chicago. It's going to be cool and different, but, like, how do you measure the fans? Or how are you just going after TV ratings? It's something different, so, like, everybody's going to tune in for the first one, but. It, it, and, and look, I'm a dirt racer. I love dirt racing, but it's like the Bristol race. I turned the race on to watch a little bit. And I don't, again, I don't watch a lot of them, but I turned it on and I'm like, all right, here's a red flag and we got to clean the grills and do all. I'm like, this is dumb. You know, like, we <laughs> like, like at least pull the windows out, you know, yeah. do some stuff that, that, that more like dirt racing. But again, I don't think a six, $700,000 car, whatever they are, $800,000 car needs to be running on dirt. You know, it's not, like so, I, I look at the street course the same way. Let's just let's just get back to some racing and 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 get what built NASCAR. You know, you go to Bristol, it was like, damn, you'd run top bottom, do all kinds of stuff. Like, get on Goodyear about building a damn tire that's going to fall off. You know, like <laughs> absolutely. There's just so many things, that, and and I'll, I'll I'll say like Charlotte, okay, with technology and doing stuff. Charlotte used to be when you'd go there, you you watch guys and they'd wreck, they'd back in the fence qualifying down in three and four. You know what I'm talking about, Star. It was slick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it was rough and it had character. Yeah. You had drivers that were gladiators. Now you watch them race. Look, I, it's just like nothing. They get out of the car. Okay, yeah, hey, I gotta thank this person. We used to watch guys. I mean, I remember wrecking. I'm like, man, give me a minute here. I gotta catch my breath. You know, I'm not saying people, <laughs> but people want to see excitement. All right. Yes. Going to the street course, 
I don't see it's going to be exciting. I just don't. I'm like, hey, it's it's a it's a gimmick to market. It's it's trying to get ratings up to to get um you know it's just like having that race the the dirt race on Mother's Day weekend or whatever it was. I don't know what race it was. I mean, uh, look, we ain't raced on Mother's Day weekend or no, it wasn't. It was Easter. That's what it was. Yeah. I'm like, we shouldn't be racing Easter. They never have. Well, guess what? There's nothing going on. So ratings are great. And they, they want to run with that. And I'm like, well, because there's nothing on. You know, let's be realistic about this. So, again, they, I don't know. They, we could go on all day. I'm just, I'm over it. I've, I've checked out, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I was wondering, though, uh, with uh, Road America, I guess they're not going to race there next year. Uh, maybe the Truck Series will or the Arca Series. Have you heard anything about that, Dominic? No, I, I can't say I've heard one way or the other on how that's all going to look. But I will say, guys, it is a shame to see Road America be taken off the schedule. It was on the schedule in 57. It came back for a two-year stint. And I know it could come back down the line. But nonetheless, we did see some great racing there last year. We saw the great battle between Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick this year. Joe, right. I, I feel like we're losing a really good track there with Road America. Yeah, I know. And I mean, had great, great Xfinity Series races there for years and years and years. And I guess I don't know the details. I, I guess the Xfinity series are going to go to Chicago. They're not going to race at Road America. So uh, maybe the trucks will go to Road America. Maybe the Arthur Menard series will go to Road America. But I, I, I would like to see it back on the schedule. But I mean, you already have seven road course races as it is, you know? So I mean, maybe here's an idea. I don't know. But uh, how about run Oval and Indy and, and then replace the. Um, instead of running the Roval and you do the Oval and then replace that with Road America or do something like that or I don't know. I mean, don't you think that maybe they should go back to the Oval Indy? Man, I, I agree, with, Joe. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, just going to Indy over the years, that was one, man, I, I, I love racing every week at all the different tracks, but man, going to Indianapolis and hearing Stremmy talk about how well he ran there and what, he, what they right. did. Uh, man, it was always, I look forward to going to Indy. There's so much history there. And you, right. you know, you go through the tunnel there in between turns one and two and, and the short shoot. And, but man, what a, what a phenomenal, awesome racetrack. And, and man, you know, when they started doing the, the road course there, man, I, I was kind of disappointed with that. I, I really yeah. like to get back on the big, any, any, any racetrack, you know, the oval, that's for sure. Right. And, and, and kind of leave the, the Road Americas, if you're going to do a road course race, leave it for the racetracks that are built for that, you know? Right, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. I think, again, when you when you look at what's going on and what built, what what made this grow, and you take Indianapolis, for example, everybody, Indy's an iconic place, all right? Yeah. So you go there for the oval, but then you could go over and run an Xfinity or truck race or whatever over at IRP, or it's yeah. always IRP. But, but you had a guy that, like, uh, uh, take a young guy, short track racer, and it's like, hey, look, um, I'm trying to think they're going to do uh, – oh, uh, uh, Scott Riggs' boy, Lane Riggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's a perfect example. This kid's been kicking ass at South Boston, all these places. He's going to get a shot up here at, at IRP, and I'm like, it's great. This is what we need. So then a fan can interact and go, man, that Riggs, all right, that kid run pretty good. Let's see him over at the big tracks. Let's get him in a team and do this. Not the road course stuff. If you want to go watch road racing, there's plenty of other divisions and, and sanctioned bodies doing that. I think if you kept it to two or three a year, that's fine. It's just like plate racing and that Tal a a Atlanta deal. Listen, if I want to watch plate racing, I'm going to watch Talladega Daytona. We ain't going to Atlanta to watch a damn plate race, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, again, that they Michigan's another example. You go Michigan, they repave it. Worst thing they could have done, don't repave it. Just patch it. Do whatever we got to do to keep that old surface. 
you used to see it's like, oh shit, Junior just went up top. He's working the top. Here he comes. You know, you you've seen things going on, but it's also not about, and I think Star will agree with this. It's not always been about what's went on the track. The reason people left him stands because it used to cost $2,500, $3,000 to go to the track, and all of a sudden it went to like six, seven, eight thousand dollars. A family cannot afford that. All right. When they when when they started charging these outrageous deals and then Oh, you can't ride your golf carts around. Oh, no party and none of this. Listen, then people want to go. There's a, there's a party at Texas Motor Speedway, but guess what? Oh, a race broke out too. That's what you got to have, Absolutely. you know? Mm -hmm. So again, there's there's so many things that stop trying to recreate stuff and go after different markets. The Chicago deal is one of them. I, I hear you guys talk about like Road America. I haven't really watched any races there, but they said the same thing about North Wilkesboro or they said the same thing about Rockingham or you know, all these places, they realize Darlington needs two dates. It puts on a good show. You know, at the end of the day, we got to look at what's 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 the product getting out there and what you're going after. And I think that's what right now, as a race fan, they're watching. They're like, well, are they going to road course race? Are they oval racing? Are they short track? What are they doing? We don't know what the hell they're doing, you know. And and it's like this new car. Oh, we're going to have a, uh, you know, we got this new design and new radial tires. And how that thing was like beginning of the year, I was watching California and I'm like, they need to fix this. You have flat tire, can't even drive back to the pits. This is bullshit, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I'll tell you another thing makes me mad. If uh -huh. I watch a race, okay, if I watch a race and they got a, a 15 car pileup, like we're at Talladega, and all of a sudden now, just say 13 of them can't race no more because guess what? Their time's up. They can't repair it. And I hate that. Crying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Get your shit fixed, you know, and let it go right. <laughs> I agree. Hey, Strimmy, hey, man, I, the fans want to see race cars on the racetrack. If it hell, yeah. some 15, 20 minutes, give it to them so they get back on the track. Fans want to see cars yeah. on the racetrack. That's the right. is, Man, I, I hate that. You rule. know, one of the things I said, I was sitting at Kentucky, okay, and I was cup racing at the time. This is probably like 11, 12, something like that, when everybody's trying to figure out what's going on with the sport and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I'm watching the Xfinity race, and I'm like, damn, this is boring. There's like 10 cars. They start and park. They go to the pits. And the track's big enough. I said, why don't they run the truck race and Xfinity race at the same time? Okay. <laughs> We're going to have one pit crew for, 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 for both a truck and Xfinity. You're going to team up. And guess what? They do it in road racing. You'll go, yeah. and, and, and as a fan, you're watching. You're like, Holy shit, I don't even know what to watch. There's so much excitement. <laughs> but it'd be like, hey, there's a bonus this week if a truck, you know, he runs sixth overall, you know, or whatever it is. It, it, you know, obviously there's there's iconic historical races you don't mess with. And there's things going on. But let's let's do something a little different like that. You know, uh, hell, they start damn Star, you'd love it. Let's just start like 80 cars, you know, hell with it. Absolutely, man. Hell, I I don't. We were in Loud, now New Hampshire this weekend, and and uh, hell, one car. We sent one car home, and, and Mike Harmon. Hell, I felt bad for him. I said, man, NASCAR. Just, I mean, hell, the fans want to see as many cars you can put on the racetrack. You let him yeah, race. Put you know, part. Let him race, man. But anyway, hey, how many times too you've been running? And I'm telling you, I did this a lot. Like, I'm, uh, listen, Pocono was one of them. Dover, these races you're running, you're like. Jesus Christ, I'm bored just racing this thing. It's so strung out. <laughs> you got four cars on the track. You can at least race guys and you can do things, you know. Like, uh, I just think they look at some different things instead of, like, a street course. I don't know. I just think they're trying to go after a different crowd. 
different things. Chicago, people ain't going to care about that. You know, I mean, they can say what they want. I don't know. I'm a little surprised. I give Ben Kennedy credit. He's trying to do some things, but dude, like, look back. You know, the thing is, is, and I say this about a lot of things, like when Bill France Jr. was in charge, you knew he was in charge. He would sit at the back of the trailer and you could talk to him. All right. You could suggest things. These guys now, they only listen to a couple different people, you know, and that's what pissed me off. David Starr's got 24 years of experience. They should be listening to him. You know, I mean, there's just different things. Like you said, why are we sending Mark, Mike Harmon home? Put him in the damn race. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, I don't mean to get into all that. Like I said, that's another deal. Great show. Man. I, can tell this, I can say this. What's that? No, this is what we love about the show, man. We really don't have well, a script. We just kind of go raw and unfiltered. Well, right. listen to the thing. I can say all this because I don't give a shit what they think about me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> programs ain't got nothing. And I got no problem. I'd go right down there to Daytona Beach and tell them. You know? Absolutely. My my delivery hasn't always been the greatest either. That's what probably got me in trouble a lot. But well, Stimmy, hey, hey, one thing about it, it's either black and white with you, dude. You know where you stand, so I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love NASCAR. I love NASCAR. I love I was part of it. The thing that probably disgusts me is because I see the popularities there. I see in short track races we go, and I mean right now, I, I go in there and I'll turn on Flow or Dirt Vision or whatever. I can watch streaming races. There's things I can watch. Just this year, they finally did a deal with Flow where, like, oh, hey, we're going to do Bowman Gray. We're going to do NASCAR races, South Boston, all that. I'm like, where in the hell have you all been? This has been going on for a while now. I can watch dirt races on my phone. For I remember sitting telling Bob Dillner at, at Dover in 2010, 11. I'm like, listen, this dirt racing has got it going on. You know, you can watch the streaming. And, again, I feel like you look around and see what's going on, and they can better themselves. But that's what probably pisses me off is there's so much that they can do, but it, it, it's like they're trying to go after these different markets and trying to be somebody they're not. And I think that's what a lot of people get mad about. And, and I'm not the only one. Listen, you can sit, have a beer with Mark Martin. You can have different people. We all talk about it. And, and uh, some people maybe are afraid to talk about it out in public, but we're all passionate. It's like, what can you do to be better, but stop doing stuff we're not. You know, so it's okay to be a little different, but just stop some of this stuff. It's nonsense. Absolutely. Before we get to our Ask David segment, we'll have both we'll questions for both Davids today, actually. Joe, one more headline. So Poconos this weekend, the 89th Cup Series race at Pocono Raceway. What can we expect? Oh, man, you know what? Uh, we're just going to expect uh, a good Pocono race. It's a longer race than it was last year. Okay, I remember last year they had two. One was 325, one was 350 or some crap like that. But this year... <laughs> 400 miles. Uh, I looked at the weather forecast actually, and hopefully we have a full race because I looked at the forecast. It looks like it's going to rain there maybe on Sunday. So hopefully, go full race and not on Monday. Okay, we have a full race on Sunday. It should be a good race. Uh, for last year's race, we had a bunch of cautions early, if I remember correctly. And uh, so uh, we'll see. I, I think they laid down the PJ1 this year on Pocono again. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they laid it down for this race. So we'll see. Uh, it should be a good one. I, I think that. Uh, this new car, people are going to have a hard time figuring out at Pocono because, you know, teams always throw the whole toolbox at the car Pocono. They can always get one turn figured out, but they can't get the other big turn figured out. And they're going to have a really hard time this week with the new car and everything. So, Star, we'll start with you this time. Looking forward to the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400 at Pocono Raceway. Who's your pick to take the checkered flag on Sunday? And I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for Kevin Harvick. You know, Kevin, Kevin had a good run in New Hampshire and he needs a win bad. I, you know, I know he's right there, kind of underneath that cut line in the top 16. 
but it looks like to me was was Bell winning this past weekend that uh, that that you you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna have to have a win behind you. And I I look at Stuart Haas Racing as a as a company, and and Harvick they're starting to gain a little bit of momentum, and I hope they can keep that keep that going, and and we can see Kevin Harvick be part of that chase. You know what I mean? Uh, it's amazing. I would have never thought when the, before the season started that we'd be talking about Stuart the Stuart Haas organization you know there uh seem like this year's been a big struggle for him even last year so uh not seeing kevin harvick win up until this point is is uh really uh something that we're not used to stars going yeah. kevin harvick for pocono stremmy who you got hey first off i want to say star you gotta remember chase briscoe's got to win he's, no, he's no, done. Okay. i forgot about that that's right he does oh, got to win he, he showed him yeah. up where was that that he went you know Phoenix, what? Yeah. okay it's right. Phoenix. He's he's run good. Okay. Yes. And and I gotta look at Harvick. It's like maybe maybe he's got a ham strap to his back. You know, maybe he's got. Man, <laughs> all right. Just saying. And and look, we all you know. I think Harvick can still get it done. But anyways, I'm gonna go with this. Is gonna be. I don't really know. I'm gonna kind of go out on. I'm not out on the edge. I'd like to see for M&Ms and everything they've done in our motorsports. I know Schrader's heading out there because they got all of the drivers. They got a big deal going on in their hospitality. Uh, I'd like to see Kyle Busch win for M&Ms just because I think it'd be cool because they, they have done a lot for the sport. Um, yes. But I don't know. I like guys like, like uh, Tyler Reddick. I think he's done a great job. I'd like to see him pull one off. You know, there's different guys that I, I like. I mean, I like what Ross Chastain's doing. I like Daniel Suarez. I mean, there's a lot of guys. You know, Justin Haley would be a great one to run. But Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, in big teams, I'm kind of curious to see how it works. I'll probably follow. You know what I do is I go on and I see the results of where they finish, you know, because, <laughs> again, a segment race, and I'm not into all that. You know, I want to see what's going on. But uh, I just think it's going to be one of the big teams because – their sim programs, everything else, they're just they're on their program. It's hard to beat the numbers. So, Absolutely. But so I don't know. We'll, it, definitely, people got to start getting in their stride here because that chase is coming up. Yeah, right. starts going Harvick. Stremmy's going Bush. Kyle Bush, that is. Joe, who's your pick for Pocono? You know what? I just said I look at the weather forecast. Looks like it's gonna rain. Uh, hopefully, they get the whole full race in. But let's just say if we don't get the full race in, and there's some sort of weather involved, you know what? Cole Custer. How about that? I think Cole <laughs> Custer are they're gonna gamble. These guys, they're gonna the crew chiefs gonna gamble if there's rain in the area and have them stay out. And uh, we've seen that Pocono in the past. And I'm gonna say uh, Cole Custer because Cole Custer pulled off that win last year and uh, watch him do it again. Well, there we go. Cole Custer is gonna take it at Pocono per Joe. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna pick a guy. We're all going four different picks here for the Pocono race weekend. I'm looking at a guy who got his first career win there in 2017 when he outdueled Kevin Harvick driving for the Wood Brothers. Ryan Blaney gets his first points awarding race of 2022, and we have 15 winners in 22 races. Okay, I can see that. All right. mm -hmm. I like that. I like it. So we got four different picks. We'll see who's got the best. I guess whoever ends up losing has got to buy dinner for all of us, right? So all right. <laughs> We're going to Jack in the Box now. I'll pay for all everybody's Jack. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Right, water burger for everybody, right? Star. Yeah, yeah, right. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants greasy tacos, you know. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to get to everybody's favorite segment. This is where we hear from you with the fans. 
on Ask David. But before we do, just a reminder that the show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as a primary sponsor this year on David 08 Ford Mustang with SS Greenlight Racing. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and many other forms of motorsports. Fans can get their tickets to every NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity, and Truck Series race throughout the season. All you got to do is get the best deals at TicketSmarter.com. Get your tickets today. That's TicketSmarter.com. So everybody's favorite segment, right? Ask David. This is where we ask you, the fan, to inbox us those questions. What do you want to know about David? What do you want to know about our guest? Those burning questions, this is where we get to hear from you every week. You can always message us at our email inbox, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. You can also interact with our posts that we put out every Monday and Tuesday on Twitter, at Star Podcast, and on the Facebook page, Let's Go Racing with David Starr. So our first question, we're going to go straight to the Twitter inbox. Judson O'Neill at Judson Racing wants to have a question here for Stremi. So Stremi, as a Winchester 400 winner, a two-time ASA race winner, and lots of asphalt late model experience across the country, we have seen you in late model rankings in the past, but in recent years, you've been on dirt. Do you have any interest in returning to asphalt late models? I mean, I do. I said that earlier that, you know, especially Winchester 400, I'm, I can say I'm pretty proud. I was in the top three for lap leaders at that place. Uh, it's always been very uh, fun to go to, but I was at Nashville for the SRX and they had the uh, late model cars there. And what really kind of turned me off, they were there all day practicing on uh, Friday and then they raced all, they were there all day Saturday. And I said, that just ain't for me. I like dirt where I could roll in. Like about 4.30, 5 o'clock, we get warm-ups, or, or sometimes you just go straight to qualifying in your race. So I want to do it. I just the, – the time of being there and doing everything is just too much. And uh, I, I think and, – and what I mean by that is it's like these organizations now, you go and they want you to test and they want you to do this. I'm like, man, just show up and race, you know. So um, I don't know. I'm not saying no. You never know what will happen. Because there's races they get going, and, um, you know, I wouldn't mind going to North Wilkesboro or going somewhere. Winchester 400, uh, you might see me up at Kalamazoo, Michigan. You just never know. So we'll just see. But um, right now, no interest. Thanks for the question there, Judson. The next question came in from our email inbox from Alex. Alex wants to know, and this is a question for both of the Davids. You both come into interaction with a lot of race fans. If a fan wants you to remember them, what is a great way to make a first or lasting impression? And we'll start with Star this time. <laughs> Man, that's, I, I don't know. It's, uh, that's a good one. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> thank God for the race fans. I mean, they're just, uh, they, they make it all worth, you know, without the race fans, you don't have a sport, you know, so they're everything. But, uh, man, it's, uh, there sure are some great race fans out there. Just some of the crazy questions, some of the things they want you to sign. <laughs> I mean, Sometimes, man, you uh, they catch you off guard. You never forget it. You know what I mean? Sign this, do this. They tell you something. I think sometimes just for the shock value, they tell you something to really grab your attention, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, just some of the stuff, you know, I can't even mention on here. But, uh, but <laughs> thank God for the – Thank God for the race fans to support our sponsors. Obviously, the manufacturers and the sponsors aren't involved if there's no fans. So the fans are everything. But man, I, 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 you know, it, it's 
I've, I've had some fans put my chin on the ground on, on the ground. It took me five, 10 minutes to get my jaw off the ground because <laughs> telling me and asking me, you know, so, uh, and I know Strimmy's probably been through the same thing. <laughs> How does a race fan make an impression with you or a lasting or a memorable one? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you have some – a star remember this guy. There was a guy, I remember they called him the can man or something. He had some with his head. He was bald and he'd take like aluminum can and stick to it. And <laughs> There's all kinds of weird stuff, and we won't get into the women's side of things that you can see. <laughs> but, uh, lizard, come on. You know, I think the biggest thing, if you're going to go up and meet a driver and especially – you're a fan of that driver, just be genuine in yourself. You know, I, 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 you see people act crazy and do things trying to get the driver's attention. And it's like, listen, just, just be normal is the biggest thing. Be yourself and you'll be fine. Joe, you have a lot of fans. You've had a big following with your website, sponsoring a race car, working in the media, doing everything you've done in the sport. Have you had any cool fan interactions in the past or anything that really sticks out to you? Yeah. You know, I'd be, you know, the race fans are so loyal to they, everything i think they're the most loyal of any sport and you know i'm just me i'm just a crazy radio guy okay but i, I swear to you i went to loud new hampshire in 09 uh i was on giant the late john andre's car and you know i was wearing my shirt for my site and people the race fans some of them in the infield knew who i was and i'm like <laughs> i still like what well, okay that's cool and I, I took some pictures of some fans and i thought that was really cool then I went back again aloud in 2011, and I was on David Gillen's car, and some more fans came up to me. And I was like, I can't believe they knew who I was. I'm just some crazy person, you know what I'm saying? So, but the fans, I, I think NASCAR are the most diehard, loyal fans of any sport. And I got to talk to a bunch of fans. A lot of fans emailed me some nice things and some not-so-nice things sometimes, too. But that's okay. But, uh, but no, I think they're the best fans in all racing. Uh, racing fans are all the best sport. Uh, or best sporting fans of all sports. And, uh, you know, and it's great because uh, they still message me on Twitter. I haven't been involved in sponsorships in NASCAR in 10 years, but they still message me and they still reach out to me and different things. So that's great. Yeah, well, you said it best. I think race fans are very loyal. And I think you can find mm -hmm. that at all disciplines, the local level, regional, national, international levels. Race fans are definitely loyal to their driver, teams, brands and, and while I can't relate necessarily as a sponsor or as a driver I, I can tell you being recognized for work with the racing experts or even David doing the show with you the last year and a half being recognized by fans at the racetrack like hey I've been told you're the other guy you know Tyler and David are the, the guys on the show and you're the other guy or, oh hey yeah you do the show with David so it's pretty cool to know that fans are listening they're watching we definitely have a lot of interaction we certainly appreciate them here not only on this show but Stremmy and stars racers. I'm sure you can even have a deeper appreciation for the fans because they're following you week to week. Man, they're very passionate. That's for sure, man. They 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 love their their, their drivers, their manufacturers. I mean, they I love their opinions, but they're definitely passionate about about NASCAR in all forms of auto racing. You know, I, I love. Uh, I mean, I get through racing on Saturday afternoon, or or. Uh, man, I can't wait to go find a short track somewhere and go sit, get in set stands, and and just see. I mean, you sit in stands at these short tracks across America, dirt tracks or asphalt tracks, man, these, these fans are loving it, man. And, and it's really cool because uh, a lot of the drivers in here and Stremmy talk about a lot of these kids that are winning lots of races and they're so good. And, 
and, and hopefully we'll see them in NASCAR one day. But man, the fans in the stands at these local tracks, they got a, the, a lot of these drivers have, they have a big following, you know what I mean? And it's cool to see how passionate they are about their local hero, you know what I mean? So uh, thank God for the fans, man. I love them. Absolutely. Well, we're going to put the white flag out here right before we take off. Hey, Strammy, we really appreciate you joining us on this week's show and being a part of episode 75. Before we get on out of here in a few minutes, where can the fans follow you? Where, where can they tag along on social media? How can they get in touch with you if they want to be involved with what you're doing? Well, the best thing, don't go to Twitter because I got axed off of that. About, uh... <laughs> We're not surprised, Strammy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what happened is around election time and uh, – you know, I just retweeted some stuff, and all of a sudden my account gets hacked, and my dang, uh, it, it, they had changed my email address. So I went through, I even went through NASCAR doing everything, trying to get my account back, and it was just BS. So I just, I gave up on Twitter, and I think, like, I, I think it was Dale Jr. said the best. Like, people go on there, that's like the hate social media. Oh, you, yeah. just, you go on there when you're mad and pissed off, so I don't even really care about Twitter. But anyways, I can go, really, if you want to follow, follow Lethal Chassis. Um We'll put some stuff on there. My wife runs it, but I'll be honest, I ain't got time. I, I got my own personal Facebook page I do some stuff with, but like, I don't have time. I keep up with friends and then I'm just busy, especially we just got a, a little baby. Uh, he's three and a half months old, so he keeps me busy and we got the business and everything going on. So you can just go to Lethal Chassis and uh, you can get a hold of me that way. We still get a lot of fan stuff sent to the shop and, and doing things, but. I'm Twitterless. I'm done with that. And I ain't great. <laughs> well, Strammy, congratulations on being a daddy, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little Man, late to what the party. A I'm kind of good with. It. I'm. And what's sad is, I kind of hope we don't want to race. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do something. Strammy, good luck with that, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm just gonna like let him do what he wants to. But I watch some of these guys, and uh, they're like pushing their kids in the. You've seen it, you know. It's like, man, let the kid be a kid, you know. Absolutely, so, man. But I'll let him do whatever he wants. Um, you know, it's it's a really cool part of my life. And me and my wife, uh, you know, it's it's harder on her right now, but we're looking forward to it. And there's a lot of things going on. So, I mean, I don't – again, I don't know how people have time. I know they pay – some people pay people to run their social media. But I'm like, I ain't got time, you know, sit there and do it. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd get on Twitter. I did like Twitter. I do miss it on some stuff, interaction with fans and doing things. But man, I'm telling you, they that that uh, I was hoping Elon Musk would buy that thing because it that, that Twitter's <laughs> terrible. Right. right, you know, you'll see the most uneducated and the worst opinions on things that people that don't know the sport say the dumbest things and they know nothing yeah. about the sport. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, what yeah. are you saying? You know, like you. I, they say hateful things or they say maybe derogatory things and then they get on a high horse and say, oh, I never said that. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, what the heck? Well, I love how like, uh, uh, you know, what's funny is, and, and, and again, you know, on the political side, these these people will put out something like, oh, yeah, I put, you know, uh, I never said that. And it's like, hold on here a minute. We're going to find it. Yep, here's where you right. said it. <laughs> the, world, the world we live in is different with cameras and with doing everything. You know, we see it with, with social media, you know, as a driver, when you're out, and I tell young people this, I'm like, listen, the world has eyes everywhere now. It's not like it used to be where you and your buddies go out and you can have a good time. Like when you talk about fans, one of the things I really enjoyed 
you know, especially when Coors was my sponsor and different people, we'd go to the infield with a golf cart. We'd go, man, I mean, Michigan, Talladega, Texas, Daytona, you could go on the whole list, okay, Pocono. And you would go interact with fans. And I mean, I remember loving it. And then, then you got to a point where it's like, oh, yeah, them guys, they were out last night, you know, that's why they ain't running good, you know. No, it ain't why, you know. But <laughs> – uh, you would end up, you'd have that interaction and fans loved it. And I remember like Pocono was an example. You'd come in uh, the tunnel there on the, on the tunnel turn and to the left, there were some people, they were always there. Their big freight liner would take us over there, but they had this really cool trailer and they just, they, they were there every race, you know, and we'd go over there and we had that. I remember down Talladega, you had the uh, Louisiana bunch. They'd have crawfish going. I mean, it was all over. I mean, uh, and that's what that's what the sport was really cool about. And, and it wasn't just you'd see all kinds of drivers out there. You know, I, I even seen star out sometimes. You know? <laughs> but being serious, that, that was the thing when you would interact with people and, and, and you had these events. And, uh, you know, I mean, they try to push it now. But I remember, too, towards the end of my career, we got scolded because we'd be out on. A, oh, you can't have the golf carts out in the infield. Can't do this. Can't do that. Well, listen, man, people don't want to hear that, you know, and uh, anyways, but. Yeah, well, right. you know, the sport was better for having you around it, man, and, and the little bit that we got to see you racing it, we definitely appreciate getting to see Stremmy Will and take over for Sterling Marlin, take over for Ryan Newman. Hey, Joe, I mean, for you, where can fans follow? Because we know you've got the radio show, we've got your website, you host the, the B Radio Show. How can fans interact with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I don't go on. I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't. I mean, I look, I'll be 100% honest with you, I swear to you. I go on, I message uh, a few girls on there, and that's it, okay? Uh, I don't go on Facebook. Uh, I haven't gone on Facebook all year, okay? Uh, I'm on my website, doorstopnation.com. I'm on my other show. It's I got like a podcast type deal. That's on bshow.info. And I'm on WDXD, and I got my radio show there, and that's at wdxd.org. And uh, we're on 101.9. We play a lot of classic country music and uh, have a lot of fun doing it. And um, that's where I'm at. You can email me uh, at uh, uh, my name, Joe uh, Laura Quente, L-A-R-A-C-U-E-N-T-E, at gmail.com. And, you know, I still get emails. I still get emails from people, you know, that remember me from the NASCAR and stuff. And uh, people that, uh, you know, whenever I started my silo, and got into the sport, I'll mail doorstop to people just for like little uh, keepsakes and they can have it and as like a, you know, little uh, souvenir. And people still email it to me that got those years ago and they still email me. So that's really cool. That's awesome, Joe. How about you, Dominic? How can people follow you, man? They can follow me at Dominic Otago on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook. I'll be at the racetrack yeah, this everyone. weekend. I'll be covering the race with Justin Melillo, our, our co-owner at TheRacingExperts.com. We'll have a full team out there. Marcus Lino, Chris Salazar, Dante Ricky shooting photos. And, and we'll have Colby Evans at, at Iowa for the doubleheader. So we got a lot of great on-site coverage this weekend. David, you're going to Pocono here in the coming days. Give us your outlook over the next few days or so. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm excited, man. It's just, uh, you know, I'm excited to race there and talking to my crew chief today and talking about some setup stuff and maybe trying to shift and, you know, hey, just trying to, you know, I, I love the challenge of it, but, man, it's a fun racetrack. Uh, hopefully it won't be like Strimmy said. Sometimes you ain't got nobody to race with. It's kind of boring, but I feel like uh, we'll be racing with a lot of people and trying to put our uh, Ticket Smarter Ford Mustang up in the top ten, you know, if it all works out right. But I'm excited to 
to go and hell maybe even David Stremia show up at a NASCAR race not too far from where his shop is. I'm gonna be at Sharon, Ohio this weekend. So oh, okay. Okay. But I, hey I am gonna tune in. I'm gonna tune in Saturday and see how you're doing. So I'm gonna That'll watch streaming. No pressure. Yeah, I'm not doing too well. You tell me to get that ham out of off uh, hanging on my back <laughs> yeah. off or something. It sounds like you did a great job this past weekend. So nobody, you don't need no kick in the ass yet. So yeah, I hear, I hear you, man. I hear you. Hopefully, I won't need one after this weekend too. But hey, dude, what an honor it is, to, man! It's been an honor to have you on streaming. It's uh, I miss seeing you in NASCAR, dude. To be honest with you, you were you were one of the great guys, great hell of a race car driver, and uh, it's good, man. It seems like life got better for you when you uh, kind of left all the NASCAR stuff behind. Got a beautiful wife and. A new new little baby and a business that's that's just doing phenomenal and uh, and you're still out there racing, so dude, it's uh, man, well, we're happy for you, dude. Thank you. I mean, I'm 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 blessed. I mean, I uh, you know, you can always sit around boohooing or do something about your career. I'm like, I, like I said, I don't look at the past, I look at the future. So there's Absolutely. a lot of cool things we got going, and and I'm able to still race and have a good time and and meet great fans and people and. And it does when people say, hey, you know, what do you miss about NASCAR? I said, I miss the friendships, you know. Absolutely I miss right. being there for people like yourself. Just so many people uh, that, you know, I, I would able to, you know, BS with or whatever. And, and the neatest thing I've been able to see is, you know, and, and I'll use Mark Martin, for example. We were down in Batesville, Arkansas, doing some racing there. And we went up to Mark's shop and it was, he was so focused. And he, he you'd like see him in his motorhome, you wouldn't see him out and, Man, you got to hear the stories when we were down at his shop, and just it was so cool, you know. So a lot of drivers, and that's what, what the SRX does a lot with this, with everybody around. You just hear the stories, and you just get to cut up and hang out, you know. Unlike when you're at the track for the weekend racing, you know, you didn't you didn't get to do a lot of that. But I do miss a lot of my friends and and people, and it is cool, you know. I see people out, and and uh, you know, they're like, oh man, what are you doing? You know, you kind of do forget about that part of life, so. Again, uh, but, you know, thanks for having me on. I enjoy it. And uh, anytime, you guys just holler at me, and I'll come back and run my trap again. So. <laughs> Remy, we're well, definitely going to have you back. We'll have you back here maybe before the end of the year. We'd love to have you back and tell some more races. Hey, no problem. We'll see you. Mark, I'm, I'm Martin a, Mark Martin's a great guy. And, uh, 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 shoot, Remy, I was going to tell you something. Um, hey, I'll tell you something, Star, though. I was watching uh, – uh, Peacock, I was watching Man, Dale Jr. Uh, <laughs> uh, deal when you were on uh, Lost Speedways. Yeah, and I that was that was really cool. You know, they're showing some older pictures of your late mile racing and doing all yeah. that down there in the world. And I was like, man, I didn't even know that part. You know, I knew you were on late miles, but like I said, the seventy fifth David Star <laughs> podcast, and to me, it's awesome because the seventy five a Spears truck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, I appreciate that. Hey, streaming the kids that buy your, uh, you know, your drivers that that use your uh, your chassis and, and 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 your expertise, man. You know, I hope they're smart enough. You know, and I hope their parents are smart enough to to pick your brain. You know, if they if they have any aspirations <laughs> of, of being a professional race car driver. I mean, obviously, the, you know, you think they're picking your brain for chassis. You know, all about chassis setups and. And, you know, obviously racing tips yeah. and driving tips, but man, from the business side of it, how many, how many of your uh, customers that really uh, sit down and pick your well, brain to figure it all out? There's, you know, it's like a, 
I wouldn't say not just customers, but you'll see young racers and doing stuff. And I, I really wish, and, and, and I'm sure you're the same way. When I got to NASCAR, I was just, I was, I was happy to be there. You know, like I said, I didn't have agents. I didn't have all this stuff. Then when I got it, it was like, what the hell I didn't even need this for it's, it's all about relationships, you know? And again, I, I wish I could have talked to somebody else. Like I remember I didn't have no disability insurance, nothing. And I remember I was at Richmond and Nadu got hurt. And I'm like, oh shit, you know, like, man, you could be in big trouble here. Nadu was, he had himself set up where, uh, you know, he had disability insurance and doing everything. But like, there was things through my life I learned a lot. And and I wish I could tell some of these kids, like, I, I mean, we got disability insurance now, you know, I mean, and, and I tell short track racers that these late model guys are out racing and, and uh, you know, they're running for this good money. And I'm like, listen, you know, if you got hurt, what are you going to do? You know, and, and there's just a lot of different things that I try to tell different racers that I've been able to learn from. And I wish, you know, I had some guys that gave me experience, but I wish got more guys would have been able to do that. So these young guys, you know, and you know how it is when you're young, you're just like, you just want to go race. You don't care. You don't care about next year. You don't care about nothing. And uh, they, they need to think about that and in and, and the future stuff. And, and two, what happens if you don't make it driving? Then what are you going to do? You know, so. They're, what would you say, Streamy? They're racing in the moment, aren't they? They ain't worried about that's tomorrow. it. That's exactly right. They need to. Well, they, you need to make a T-shirt of that, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Streamy, man, what an honor, dude. You're awesome. And, hey, thank uh, you. Uh, Good luck this weekend. Home, thanks for joining us, and and just if you want to get in touch with the show, any of us, David, Tyler, myself, you can email davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at Star Podcast. On Facebook at Let's Go Racing with David Starr and the, the Facebook private group. So if you want to get in there and interact with us and give us some suggestions and hints and tips for any of the upcoming shows, feel free to do so. As always, remember to leave us a five-star review. Hit that like button. Don't leave us one at all. And each new episode is out every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms. We're a part of the Studio Soapbox Tour. Tyler Jones out this week for the hashtag Summer of Jones, David, but he'll be back next week and we'll be back after the Pocono Race weekend. So for David Stremmy, Joel Arquente, David Starr, I'm Dominic Autodorn. We'll see you on the next episode of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Until then, have a good one.